Welcome back to another episode of the Colgan Shark Podcast. I'm Mr. Watts. I'm Dr. Healy. And today we are going to talk a little bit about connection with parents and connection with our families and our community outside. So with us, we have Dr. David Parrish. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into that, uh, to continue the traditions that we always do, what are you watching? What are you reading? What are you listening? I'll go first, just to kind of let people, in case you were thinking, I don't know, what am I watching, reading, listening? Uh, so I finished Squid Game. You finished the whole thing? I finished Squid Game. It is, uh, I don't know if you've seen Squid Game, Dr. I Parrish. have not. Uh, Netflix, yeah. Uh, it, it is intense. Um, the ending is very money heisty. Don't give anything away. Well, I've only watched half of the first episode. Yeah. Oh, so so you started it. So what did, did you think? Uh, if you had not recommended it, right, I would not be continuing to watch it. Okay. Because the <laughs> the first half of the first episode is is I didn't think the acting was super good, no. and it's the voiceover dubbing, mm-hmm. and so it's a little corny with regards to like that sort of thing. Uh, um, but uh, so I'm hanging in there okay. because of your recommendation. Okay. So you'll give it at and, least. And, and I've also read now, I've read like multiple articles online how it's like sweeping the nation as the most popular yeah. show. Yeah. Okay, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. So uh, now what I'm on, um, you, know, you have to have a little bit of that break outside of work life. Uh, so now what I'm on is Midnight Mass. Uh, that's a Mike Flanagan Netflix. Uh, if you, uh, any of you guys ever see Haunting of Hill House or Haunting of Blind Man? I saw them both. Yeah. Okay. Not me. I haven't. You haven't seen. seen are, are, are you not a scary TV show kind of guy? Uh, I, I'm. Um, I don't have anything against it, but it, it's not something I would pick out to mm. watch. Mm. Yeah. So, so in that again, not going to give anything away, but uh, I will say, I think I'm on episode five. Uh, I will say that in classic Mike Flanagan fashion there's a twist that's uh, almost like a sixth sense m night Shyamalan kind of thing like you want to go back and watch it again to see if you missed the clue from the first couple episodes uh so there's that so i'm excited for the last two that i have to finish up to see how is it going to end and what is this twist that i'm missing to explain this scary phenomenon and then second uh there's always a main character that you are into and they just die and and and, and coming back from that I was invested in that character, and yeah. now they're they're yeah. they're gone. So, right. um, but I'm I'm a I'm I'm a closet. I kind of like horror films, but I can I have I need a palate cleanser afterwards. <laughs> palate cleanser, that's funny. All right, Doctor Yelly, what are you watching, reading, listening? Gosh, I'm not. Uh, since last episode, I don't know that I'm watching much new. I I I've watched some college football. I've watched some reruns on um, all into House Hunters International now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm finding cities I want to visit across the globe, and so I look f- in house like in my, um, you know, where my library of sh- House Hunter International shows, and try to find cities I want to visit across the globe. And so it's kind of boring right now. Nothing, yeah. nothing uh, special. College football though. So uh, w- what what teams are we watching regularly? So uh, I, I watch UVA and James Madison are the two teams I try to watch most frequently. And those connections are because? Well, my wife and I went to James Madison. My son goes to James Madison. And then my older son went to UVA. So okay. we've connected there. I really like the coach at UVA, Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall. From Boise uh, State, right? He came from Boise State. No, he didn't come from Boise State. I thought he came from BYU. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm thinking of a different one. Now you've got me questioning if That's I have okay. that wrong. A- a- anyway, we'll look that up in the notes. Yeah. Anyways, uh, they had a great game last night against Miami. 
I don't know if you saw it. They they ended up winning because Miami missed a last-second field goal, but there was a touchdown catch in that game that it's got to be the number one play on uh, Sports Center today, where they're the it looked like it was going to be intercepted by the Miami player. The ball bounced up. The UVA player had fallen down, and as he's going down, the ball hits off his back two different times, and then as he hits the ground in the end zone, he's on his hip, and the ball is still up in the air, has not hit the ground, and he reaches out with one hand and grabs it, and it's a touchdown. It's an amazing play. Yeah, no, Number one on uh, highlights. Oh, was it? It you was. Saw I it. saw it. Yeah. Literally rolling on the ground as the ball is bouncing down Yeah, it was amazing. So anyways, that's it. Okay. That's really all. Uh, Dr. Parrish, what are you reading, watching, or listening to right now? Uh, reading, I'm going to uh, give a nod to Dr. Healy. He recommended Educated, which was a, a fascinating read. Uh, I'm reading um, One Day in the Life of Ivan Denasevich, finishing up a book called Leadership and Self-Deception about some of the traps that we can fall in as, as leaders and um, warning about not creating narratives around folks. And, and I've got this ongoing project that I'm now in my eighth year. I'm going to try to finish War and Peace in one year. <laughs> if I don't finish it in a year, I have to go back and start over. And I have yet to make it past 100 pages. So I am starting over again. Wow. Um, Why did I, you set this deadline on yourself? Because it was going to be done the first year I did it. And so I can say I, I finished War and Peace. For some reason, that seemed like a lofty goal. And now it's just sort of a, it's a, it's a, an obstacle I can't quite figure out it's your white whale it's my white, white whale. whale that's a that's a great way of putting it so i am i'm in the process of starting but not finishing war and peace for the eighth year in a row and and there's been a couple of years there where i haven't even picked it up so the eighth year in a row well let I mean, me rephrase that it's an eight-year project i haven't even done it every year okay. so okay and li watching uh ted lasso just oh, yeah. Everybody talks about that. That's on Apple TV. It is on Apple TV. Just the relentless positivity he has. And I am a big, I love podcasts. Um, and speaking of horror, that's one thing that helps me sleep at night. There are several horror podcasts, supernatural podcasts. So it stops my mind from wondering. I have to focus on that. And um, so I'm always listening to podcasts. So, so he reminded me. I have been listening to. Do you know a guy named Rick Steves? Does that name ring a bell to either of you? Googling. So he, he's a big travel guru, and he specializes in Europe. But he travels, I think, all over the, the world. But Europe is really his special area, and he's got all sorts of podcasts. And uh, I've been listening to that lately. There's a theme here with travel for me. Maybe I'm getting. That uh, I'm at that point with COVID that I just need to get out and travel a little bit. But you've got the bug. Yeah. So he's got it's it's kind of fun to listen to him, and he's got a whole website, and they do tours. And I've even talked to my wife like, let's do one of these Rick Steves tours. But he's also Rick Steves is um, like not very hip. Like he's classic dad, right? Like a like he's a sixty year old, but sure. he's a, he's just like you know kind of goofy and you know, kind of ask goofy questions and, but gives you some really kind of cool advice. And so I told my wife, I said, let's go on one of these tours. And, um, and I said, but we may be surrounded by a bunch of like 80 year olds. I don't know. So I'm not sure what to do there. But the reason I brought it up is because you mentioned podcasts and I've been listening to his podcast nonstop, just eating up 
stories about the world and different um, customs and cultures and traditions and stuff like that. So you reminded me of that. A horror podcast when you there's go to sleep? there's there's many of them. Um, some sort of classic supernatural gothic type uh, podcast. Wow, things I didn't know of Dr. Yeah. And Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss podcast is always a good listen here and there. So. Okay, okay. Um, with that, um, so connecting, we have been on this theme of connecting, uh, coming out of a pandemic, you, you really lose the social connection with each other and you really lose the connection uh, sometimes just with the, the purpose of our, our job and what we're really about here at Colgan. And so with the theme of We Are Colgan and starting about connecting our staff with a purpose and starting our students and opportunities for students to connect, we're going to round that out this week with talking about connecting our families. Because I do think sometimes in a school this big, uh, and we have, Dr. Healy, how many staff? Like 200-something plus uh, staff? Total staff is like 220. Yeah. Yeah. And students are 2,800 students. So we are that city that, that really never sleeps, and, and we are a, a, a very larger community than, than others. Um, but then there's, there's this extended community of all of our families. And so bringing you on, Dr. Parrish, because your role with families is what? Well, PTSO, uh, Parent Teacher Student Organization, I've uh, had the honor of working with them for the last several years. and Since the beginning, right? Since the beginning, and, and having that collaboration and teamwork and connection uh, has been very rewarding. So, so uh, growing a PTSO from a school that didn't exist, um, what were some of the things that, that you've ran into with uh, just getting that PTSO up and running from year one to where we are now in year six. I noticed the PTSO has like their own like website now and their own like their own online store. Absolutely, yeah, they're, very, they're growing a lot. It's been a very methodical process and we've always had sort of a core group. Certainly there's been those meetings where we've had 20, 30 families come out um, and then sort of life gets in the way and so, some will come out and say, well, some connected peripherally. Um, but we've always had a core group that's kept it going. And, you know, just as we're growing and we're building and uh, like a lot of things, COVID took the wind out of our sails. Mm -hmm. So we're very excited this year. We have, um, we have some new folks coming in and parents very excited to get involved. So, um, but there's always been, again, a core group of parents that have been passionately involved in keeping the PTSO going and being involved in a lot of meaningful ways. So you said PTSO. Is, do you have a lot of student engagement as well? Yes, actually, we, we've traditionally had one or two students who've come out and offered, and, and offered their insight. And, and it's been really fun to have them there. So I'll give you an example. When we plan our fall dance, our Sadie Hawkins dance. Okay. I had to Google that, by the way, the first time I saw the posters. I will tell you that there was a, quite a debate about whether we continue to use the name Sadie Hawkins. So you have to explain for, for the people Correct. like me who have no idea what Sadie Hawkins is and are Googling <laughs> right now while listening, thank, thank, hopefully not while driving. Thank you for reminding me. I'm old. So Sadie Hawkins dance is traditionally a dance where the young lady asked the gentleman. The debate at the PTSO was that is not a unique thing anymore and that students may not know who Sadie Hawkins is, much like a young Billy Watts. And so the students at those meetings can really offer insight into, and give a refreshing view to, as opposed to what a 53-year-old Dr. Parrish 
might mm. think is a lot of fun and a great idea. And they're traditionally very respectful and gentle as they break to me the news that, no, that's not going to work. And we don't know if anybody will come if you do that. So, uh, again, having, the, having their insight into how they can contribute and how they can have a student voice there is, uh, has been a really meaningful part of the PTSO. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think uh, a, f a few highlights I will mention is the PTSO is really good with connecting with staff here in terms of bringing in breakfast on touch base day, um, providing meals at different times for teachers, providing gifts for teachers. I think those are really great connections. And, and really the one of the highlights of the PTSO is the Sadie Hawkins dance. It's also gone by spring fling dance, but uh, ironically enough, the students wanted Sadie Hawkins back, so we have that name again. But it's a very unique dance in that it, it's a smaller dance. It doesn't have, I guess, some of the, the size or the pressure of a homecoming or a prom. And so it's a dance that the PTSO has put on every roughly late February, early March. It's a dance that's particularly popular with our special education students. Again, smaller, not as, much, uh, not as many uh, folks there. And so when the PTSO comes out and sees that, they've been able to have interactions with some of those special education parents. And sometimes those interactions are very emotional. And then taking that back, those interactions back and sharing how this is the first time their students been able to go to a dance and get dressed up and be there, I think has really furthered their, uh, their passion for having that event. It's something they take a lot of pride in. Wow. Uh, you had mentioned uh, PTSO helping out with uh, teacher gifts. Dr. Haley, last year, weren't they overwhelming in their just their outreach of support to the teachers? Yeah, that was it was uh, we had so many things to it was it was awesome. I had teachers saying that um, they've never been treated that well during a teacher appreciation week. And just the amount of gifts we were giving out each day or, you know, we would call them door prizes, but they were gifts donated through the. PTSO and uh, with support from some of the principal's advisory council members as well, uh, but really just incredible, incredible support. People were leaving with awesome things, right? Awesome things from, from gift cards to gifts to just everything. So it was really, really special. So you had mentioned uh, principal's advisory council. For, for parents that, um, I think you had mentioned this before, sometimes our students our, our ninth grade students might feel like they're seventh graders um, in, in the school now. And I feel that same way for our parents, right? Some of our parents might, the last time they really felt like they were connected to a school, they were a middle school parent. Yeah. So could you explain just what is the difference between a principal's advisory council and a PTSO? So principal's advisory council is more, I would say, about governance of the school. So we're looking at things like the school plan, the school budget, uh, implementation of big ideas related to the instructional program, um, things like that, uh, where the PTSO is a, a supportive organization uh, and a way to support the school in things that we may need, or as Dr. Parrish was mentioning, put on events that support the school, um, supporting teachers at the school. So another thing the PTSO is doing this year that we're really grateful for is traditionally we've always done like a kind of a little faculty tailgate party before one of the home football games. And that's just a way to build community and, and uh, fellowship amongst our uh, faculty members. 
And so we were scrambling around with how to fund that this year, and the PTSO generously stepped in with a donation from the PTSO to help us run that. So they're sponsoring this really great event that um, you know helps again celebrating our, our teachers and supporting our teachers. So does that yeah kind of a good answer between the yeah, two organizations? Yeah, it, it helps me see the the PTSO is more ha holding hands with with students and teachers, and the, the principals of Ike Council is kind of giving a, a perspective feedback. Right, and on the advisory council, we have parents, we have teachers, and we have students as well. And so it's they're providing exactly what you just said, feedback. And I was kind of chuckling listening to Dr. Parrish's um, uh, recounting what happens at the meeting with the student feedback. Some of the same things happens in the advisory council where um, either I or a parent or somebody will think, you know, well, why don't you do X? Why don't you do Y? And the kids are just awesome when they speak up and they'll say, yeah, that's not going to work. You know, here's what, <laughs> here's what that looks like from our eyes. Yeah. And so that's, it's, a, it's a good reality check, uh, an important one for sure to have them there as part of our meetings as well. So that's another, you know, the advisory council is another way for parents to get involved here at school. We meet uh, basically once a month, uh, our next meeting. Uh, well, we'll release this probably after our next meeting. It's usually the first Monday of the month. But um, we have it on our website when we have our meetings, and uh, anybody is welcome. We do have an established group that's sort of the voting members, if you will, although the reality is we, we don't really take votes. I mean, maybe once a year we take a vote on something, but it is exactly that. It's an advisory council, so it gives me feedback as the principal and, you know, that, that advisory piece. Um, so anybody's welcome. There's also a section of that meeting called Open Share, where parents can come and bring up any issue that they would like. Um, uh, that being said, we, it's not really a venue to to bring up individual concerns and issues, right? We want to deal with parents and and um, on an individual level trying to solve solutions. Sometimes people will bring real specific individual issues to the advisory council, and we'll, we'll advise them to go a different direction. But that's another way to reach out. I was. I was also thinking, you know, we also have the CFPA um, parent group as well. So that's another opportunity to do outreach to parents and bring parents in and support them. Uh, they had a welcome back picnic. Uh, was that the Saturday before school started, mm -hmm. I believe? Yes, it yeah. was. So that was a big success and a great family event. We had parents and kids and teachers there uh, all involved in our Center for Fine and Performing Arts program. And the parent group uh, with CFPA continues to meet um, all year long as well. So you had mentioned uh, just the feedback and part like that. And I do think sometimes in coming out of, we're still in the pandemic, but in the, the isolation part of the pandemic, uh, everybody's feedback was social media, right? And, and the, the comments that we could give on social media, and social media is great because it gives everyone a platform. But I do think sometimes you can lose perspective of of the actual how things work when you're just behind a screen. So both of you are administrators, so both of you handle uh, some of that feedback that comes from parents through the online realm. Uh, what would be the the advice you would give to, I'm, I'm a parent of two Colgan students here, what would you give the advice to a parent who does have concerns? What would be the, the best way for them to get those concerns addressed? Either one of you can take that one. Which one first? Well, I'll just give you my thoughts. I, I think it, some of that was going to depend on what the concern is. But I absolutely agree that 
you know, if there's something through social media that's causing concern, generally social media is not going to solve that concern. So <laughs> I, I like think, that. I like that. so I think reaching out to someone here and speaking to a teacher, to an administrator, to a counselor, that's always the best route. Uh, because again, you can just become more and more, you go down a rabbit hole with social media. So, and there are things on there that can cause alarm to any parent. So uh, again, I think just reaching out and finding an individual and addressing that specific concern directly. It reminds me of in, in history and in English, we talk about this, about primary sources and secondary sources. Correct. And I, I do feel yeah. sometimes social media, I guess I'll call it a secondary source, but I want to make it like a whatever, I forget what the, the third level is of that, but it's, it is not a, not, not a primary source. Well, it's funny, I, um, I, my wife is on the JMU parent Facebook page because our son is a, a freshman there this year. And I just chuckle at the issues that go round and round on that page and my wife will start reading them to me and I'll be like, please, I, 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 I just can't hear that anymore. And um, they have an, uh, one of the deans, I think he's in charge of academic or student affairs, excuse me, or so, something like that. Well, I don't know his title, but he gets on there oftentimes because the a couple of weeks ago, it was like going around rapid fire that they JMU was going to shut down. It was going to go all virtual again, and parents were just. I heard it from this person. I heard it from that person. And the guy, the the dean, got on Facebook and he said, "Parents, I can assure you, if we do decide to shut down, it won't be. We won't announce that through Facebook. Right? <laughs> I love that, by the way. Right? <laughs> we have official ways we're going to communicate that to you." And, and by the way, we're not even considering that. But if we were to do it in the future, it's not going to come about on rumors and hearsay on Facebook. But it's really hard. I don't know what's going on in today's day, but it's really hard to convince people of that. I, I've looked people in the eyes and said, you understand. And I say it, it's almost jokingly. It, sometimes it'll be with uh, neighbors and people I know in the community. And I'll kind of look at them and I'll say, you, you know what my position is at the school, right? <laughs> and they'll look at me and I'll go, I'm the principal. And they, they go, yeah, we know. And I go, so if this decision was to be made, I'm the one that would make the decision. And I'm telling you, we have not made that decision. And it's like, well, I saw it on Facebook or I saw it on wherever. Yeah. And I'll be like, I'll repeat. I'll say, I am the school principal. I've said this to my wife sometimes where she'll be like, hey, I saw on Facebook such and such. And I'm like, no, we're not doing that. And she'll like, it's on Facebook. And I'm like, you understand I'm the principal of the school. <laughs> And so, um, so yeah, we, so, so circling back to your original question, because it's a good one, where do I go if I'm a parent and I've heard something or I've heard a rumor and I've, and I've, uh, I've got questions or concerns? There's so many resources where to go. Um, uh, I would encourage strongly, uh, the counselors are a great first level. If you don't know mm. where to go, go to the counselor. You know, sometimes as a parent, that's not where I would go first. Yeah. I would go right to the administrator. Yeah. Well, the reason I say this is because the counselors are very focused. They're great people to solve problems, but also they'll hook you up with the right person. So mm. they may not be the person to solve the problem or know the answer, but they'll get it to the right person. The second place I would go is the administrators, like you said, Mr. Watts, um, was, was your first instinct. Now, that being said, people have to understand that as the principal of a school with 2,800 students and 250 staff members and however many families involved in all of that, 
everybody can't email me, and, and so <laughs> uh, I don't have a service. I don't have somebody looking through my emails. And so it is, um, quite honestly, I just can't get to them all, right? And so uh, I, I really, we have assistant principals and administrators that have certain areas they oversee. Each assistant principal oversees a certain department. Each assistant principal oversees a certain uh, group of the alphabet. And so if it's, if it's like with my kid's math teacher, you go to Mrs. Riddle. She oversees the math department. If it's my kid is struggling across the board in all his or her classes, then I would go to the alpha administrator, right? And so all that information is on our website and whose alpha is whose, and that's really the best avenue to go um, to solve those problems. Okay. And then really my role as the principal is to be there when that doesn't work, right? When the counselor can't help you or solve or you're still frustrated or the assistant principal can't help or you're solving, you're still frustrated, people then escalate those concerns to me and then I get myself involved to try to help and support the parent and the situation. It reminds me of when I, I was, it's been six years now since I've been in the classroom. So I get a little, uh, a little nostalgic of, of having those relationships with families. But I, I remember an administrator telling me that your first contact home shouldn't always be the negative contact. Right. Mm. Yeah. Like, like, like you need to make, you have to let parents know the, the good that, the, that their, their child is doing as well as when that way you've, you've earned some credibility to have those difficult conversations. And it makes me think as a parent of such a large school uh, that has a child that attends such a large school, sometimes I only communicate or I only interact with the administration or the leadership only when there's a problem. Mm. And, but I know, and it reminds me, Dr. Haley, of you talking during some of the orientations of how big you said the Friday football games was, how it's not necessarily about the, the sport event as it is it's about the community experience. Mm -hmm. and, and we joked on back to school night, there were so many families that we had saw virtually for, for a year and a half, and we saw them for the first time, and they had an instant connection with us because we had had that, that quality, positive FaceTime first, and then coming to those important school-wide events, they felt like now they could come and they could bring up a concern, and it wasn't a it wasn't a crisis. It was really just feedback they were trying to give. Yeah, that's a good point, and, and um, it, it's it's tough being a parent, and I think being a parent of a teenager, and you guys both know through real experience as I do, that it's it's even as we know all this logical stuff. Um, when things happen to your kid, it becomes an emotional thing, right? It goes from logic to emotion. And so that's what we see uh, with, with parents who, who are emotional about their children and want to help and, and solve a problem. And through some of this relationship building and community building, whether it be seeing us at a Friday night football game or through a webinar we did in person or whatever, hopefully we're building up that credibility with parents that um uh we're we're in it with you we're yeah. we're here we're all in the same team right. we're all trying to get to the same i'll have one goal i'll have one goal right your child's and, successful yeah and as i say and i say it routinely people have probably heard me say i i am very confident in our school i think we do an amazing job we're really good but we're not perfect yeah and so when there's a mistake that's made something happens that you're not comfortable with as a parent and you want more information about it, that's okay. We're, we're good with you I'm coming forward and letting us know. But 
um, you, you know, it's hopefully we've built up credibility with you that you trust us enough to not, um, we don't want you to, I don't know, lose perspective on it. Think of it this way. Uh, back back in the day when most of us were in school, and I'll just talk about uh, Dr. Parrish and I as the old guys <laughs> here, but if we came home from school and said, oh my gosh, my teacher did this terrible thing. The, my parents, first of all, wouldn't have believed me, but that's a whole other story because I was not an angel in high school. <laughs> but what they, even if they believed me and they got upset, what happened? They couldn't email the school, yeah. right? And so they slept on it. They slept on it. There was no no, no Facebook to leave No comments. Facebook. They yeah. didn't go out and vent on Facebook. Yeah. What's yeah. wrong with that school? Yeah. Um, and so there was no instant outlet for that frustration. Sure. And people slept on it. And then the next morning, t- one of two things happened. Either they s- got perspective and they're like, you know what? This probably isn't as big a deal as I thought last night. Mm-hmm. Or they said, I'm still really concerned about it. But the, the, the emotional escalation of being upset when you're first faced with that went away. And they're like, all right, I need to contact the school and find out more information. Mm-hmm. I think what happens today, though, is that people that that immediate emotional reaction you have they send an email or they go on facebook or whatever to to kind of vent that out before having a time to kind of process think through let me find out what the school is saying here um and that's that's a real big challenge i think it's frustrating for parents as well and i think that know hopefully of all these ways we out we again outreach to parents and i know i'm sounding like a broken record here is we want to build credibility with people so they know um uh, we're gonna work with you to solve problem whatever that problem is to get to a solution because we want success for your child just as much as you do and in speaking of credibility uh, dr parish you are one of the founders of FinFriends? I am honored to say I am. And so FinFriends, I feel, is, is building credibility with some of our, our, our communities that, that sometimes don't feel comfortable attending the, the traditional events. Like maybe they don't feel comfortable attending a Friday night football game without other peers like them. That's right. Yeah. And so uh, just to go back a little bit, uh, FinFriends started uh, with mandates from uh, both Dr. Waltz and Dr. Healy. We had this beautiful building, and the, the directive was to make the culture of this building uh, worthy of the school and to make certain that all students had access to all parts of the school. And so we took that mandate very seriously, uh, started to fend friends, and had a few philosophical uh, foundations. One of them is being very explicit about creating activities and events and a culture that brought all of our students together. Um, one of the things that, we, that we're very proud of is, is not only the impact we've had on the special education community and our families, but the reaction we get from general education students and families and how rewarding it is for them and how meaningful it's been for them. And, um, and, and, and students who have graduated who still stay in contact with us. And yesterday we had a student visit a, a special education classroom and speak a little bit about how it still has a part in their life. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're growing every day and moving forward every day and doing things and just about to plan our October calendar. So we're, uh, well, the train left the station six years ago and we're still chugging along. That's, that's awesome. So uh, as we wrap up, uh, families, if you're li- as you're listening, 
really find those opportunities to be positively involved here at Colgan. We have so, uh, your your child or, or student might be attending a club or attending an event. I, I'm thinking uh, last uh, past Thursday we had uh, our, our Fin Stage Live and just the conversations that I was able to have with the families who had attended. So take those opportunities to attend those events that your, your child is attending because that's really when you, you build those relationships with the staff members. Uh, follow us on social media. If you have any questions or concerns or comments about today's episode or suggestions of how we can build more community with the families, uh, drop us a line at podcast.coganhs.com. And thanks for listening.